Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 87 of Smart Enough to Know Better. It's a podcast of comedy, ignorance, and science. Not in that order. Don't do that. No, don't do that. You've done it wrong. No, my brain actually spasmed because I started differently and actually actually went, that's not right. (laughs) It's a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. I'm Greg Wall. And I'm Dan Beeston. In episode 87 of Smart Enough to Know Better, I'm going to be talking about ice. Ice, baby. And I'm going to finally work out where Neanderthals and humans first got it on. We've already done that. Oh, no, that was when. I'm talking uh, about where. Jeez, you have a fixation. I just give it what the people want. I am going to be helping you guys survive in a fictional universe. And I'm going to point out why avocados are lonely. But before we get to that, what happened in your week in science, Gregoire? It, it was actually quite a simple thing, but it really was effective. I saw an experiment done by a colleague of mine where she just took the three white torches, put some cellophane on them, so red, blue, and green, and then shone them at a wall in a darkened room. And you could see these wonderful, like a red beam of light yep. and a green beam of light and a blue beam of light. When it hit the wall, it was white. Additive colouring. And I know that's everyone's like, yeah, whatever, Greg. But when you actually see it, I took a photo of it. It was so like, it's so perfect. And I'll put it in the show notes. You know that's how TVs work, right? I know, I know. I look at that every night. Yeah, but but you don't The problem is people sitting too long looking at a combination of additive (laughs) colour. But it really was lovely to see. When you see the picture, you'll see what I mean. It's just, you go, oh, I love it when you get a a theory and or you learn something, then you do a physical experiment and you prove it. It's something nice and simple. You go red and blue and green light, make white light light and it's really 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 cool because your brain goes how could those colors make this that thing it makes no sense until you see it and you go oh, it's brilliant so that would me very excited i'm very excited i remember being asked by a school teacher when i was like 12 years old what color is a shadow mm. and people were like oh it's black it's like dark and then he's like no 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 it's it's the color that's still reaching the point where the shadow is so it's only the absence of the other Yes. Color that's coming in. Yeah. And at the Brisbane Museum, they've got, or they at least used to have a display, mm. where you could stand under different coloured lights and your shadow would change. Mm, mm. They, they, they'd actually put the three concept. different, wouldn't they put three colours around you? And then yeah, they, yeah, something like that. Because they, they were actually getting, I think they were getting white light by mixing the colours together. So when, Maybe. You, when you blocked one, it of course brought the other two up, so your shadow would change colour. And it'd be orange or something. Yeah, 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 it's good. It's, oh, it's, it's, anyway, it made me excited. Yeah, that's good. What about you? Um, I got an email. It interested me, actually. From a gentleman called Chris M. Porter. Mm-hmm. Now, we asked whether we had any conservative listeners. We were mm. like, oh, this is obviously a bit left-leaning, mm-hmm. but I'd be interested to know if a Oh, yes, I remember that. Listener. Uh, he says, you've got at least one. <laughs> now, Chris is a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. His conservative attitude stems from taxation on his small business. Ah. But he has liberal views and an open mind. Mm. He says, you guys seem to be more along the political ideology Ideolo- ideology, ideology, ideology. <laughs> he, more along the political ideology of John Stewart and feel it's us versus them. But it's my opinion and belief that we need a diverse populace with diverse thinking in order to pro- progress and move forward. I think both liberals and conservatives have a lot more in common than you think, and that people like Rush Limbaugh and John Stewart do a disservice as they make millions and millions of dollars off being divisive. Mm. 
mm. uh, which I think is a very uh, astute point of view. I think it is. Um, you're saying before that the, the person who wrote in, it sounds very similar to my sister, as in they're, they're socially... Wow, deep voice. Socially, socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. So that's, that's the thing I had to get into my head about. She and I agree very much on the... You know, social stuff. You know, looking mm-hmm. after people. And stuff, but we we differ very differently on the fiscal side, economics. We don't see it as eye to eye. And that took me a while to go. Wait, you're not a monster. You just, you just you'd actually like people. But it's same same thing. I think we have to break it up. Is that how you become a conservative? What was like it? a like a, uh, a social conservative? Oh yeah, you got to start from a monster point. No, of view no, no, no. That's not that's not what I'm saying at back. all. I'm just saying that it's it's we we kind of go monsters per- like trickle down economics. <laughs> a person is not just conservative in everything they do. A person is not going to be progressive in everything they do. They will have different areas and believe different things. And that's I actually do agree with that. I personally don't believe that we're a divisive podcast. I don't believe that we say that we are going out of our way to point out the conservatives are wrong because a lot of the time what we're talking about is science and science is fact, not opinion. So it's not really... Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm part of like, well... Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, mean, I fight the issue. I fight the issue, not the man he, yeah, or he's, woman. He's not saying that we're doing it. Oh, okay. I but he did. he's saying that that some of the things we say consider that we're breaking into two groups, ah. us versus them. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so it's, you know what's really interesting? Really, really, really interesting. Extremism on any sort doesn't work. So when you talk to someone who's centre right, I'm centre left. I admit that I'm, I'm politically centre left. If I talk to a centre-right person, I don't go, I'll kill you with this shift. I'll go, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah, I'm, um, I, I would consider myself lawful neutral. <laughs> on that. Is that how that works? Chaotic evil? No, no, no. Wait. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's uh, conservative. Oh, no! Oh, no! No. I'm... <laughs> so sorry, Chris. That's not what I meant. Now, listeners, I know you're, you are absolutely obsessed with when Neanderthals... And human beings got it on. And it's just after Valentine's Day, so I'm going to help you out. As Dan pointed out in the introduction, we've already talked about when it happened. And that was about... We've talked about when it happened. Yes. It's uh, a, why it happened. How much is in us right now. How much is in us. As it's, uh, it's, it's an obsession uh, of the listeners. I, I'm you, just giving them what they want. You did that spoken word version of Fifty Shades of Neanderthal. <laughs> I love the ridges. You did the My, enormous amount of fan art. I don't you do... Just won't stop sharing. I don't do romance. I have interests which are non-conventional. Show me. Whack, 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 whack. Drag, drag, drag. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I haven't seen the movie. Fifty Shades of Grey. Thank you very you know, much. You know that uh, that reflects really well on women because it took four whacks to knock. Oh her yeah, out. that's like, right. That's, yeah. A, that's a that's a that's a hardy woman. Neanderthal women. They, they, they had good they, skulls. They had huge skulls. Hey, 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 gog, gog. Check out the skull on her. Hey. <laughs> Look at the brow ridges on that one. Hey, hey, my boobs are down here. <laughs> Because the eye ridges are up here, so the boobs are down. I just thought that they hung lower. No. No, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, anyway, the point is, we know it was about 55,000 years ago. We all know that, listeners. I know you've all etched that into your brains when humans and Neanderthals first got it on. But now it looks like there's evidence we can point the point in the world, and it's in a very famous part of the world. Dan, where do you think, a famous part of the world, where do you think Neanderthals and humans first got it on? Eiffel Tower. No, 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 no. It's earlier, really romantic. Though. Earlier than that. <laughs> earlier than that. Earlier than that. No, I Stonehenge. Stone. <laughs> Woo! No, no, earlier than that. I think, think um, uh, ancient books of the world. The Iliad. 
That, no, not that ancient. They had sex on the Iliad. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's Galilee. They think it was like Western Galilee. They found in a cave, they found a skull of a person, of a, le- a woman actually, that seems to have be mixtures of uh, humans and Neanderthals. Can, uh, I, can I go off on a quick tangent sure about can. the Iliad? Of course you can. There's a movie, there's a, a J- J-Lo, J- J- Jennifer Lopez yes. film, like a romantic comedy, and in the film, the guy who's trying to w- woo her says, oh, I got you this book. And she opens up and is like, this is a copy of the Iliad. He goes, yeah, yeah. She's like, first edition. He's like, yeah, yeah, I just picked it up at a second-hand bookstore for like a buck. And, and then all these people are like, a first edition of the Iliad would have been printed on papyrus. It's 3,000 years old. <laughs> like, this is a bound volume. <laughs> Maybe that first printing of the Penguin Classics. I don't... I don't... No? Uh, I don't... No? no? Oh, God, it was good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Made me laugh. Sorry, yes, go on to your... Uh, but anyway, horny, so, horny so now we think... that Horny cavemen. So now we think now that... Well, the, the theory... It's the latest evidence we found anyway. Galilee. Is, that's, uh, that's a Bible thing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm trying thing. to say. Yes, okay. that's... Yeah, Galilee. So there are Israeli scientists looking into this. So they think that humans left Africa in about 60,000... Sorry, oh, I shouldn't say... Homo sapiens sapiens, I should say, because oh, okay. Neanderthals were, we think, now humans. They were Homo sapiens Neanderthals, so they yeah. were just separate. So Homo sapiens sapiens left about 60,000 years ago. They mm-hmm. would have already met the, the Neanderthals who had gone north earlier than that because they were already there. So, 60, so within 5,000 years, they had made it to what, what is now modern-day Israel and, and that whole sort of basin, that, that sort of very important yep. part of the world, the cradle of civilization, or so they call it, and, uh, and they looks like we're getting it on, and now there's been physical evidence. They're pointing out caves, Dan. They're a cave. We can go to a cave and go, yes, 55,000 years ago, a lot of species of human loving went on in this cave. Nice. Oh, wow, proper cavemen. Yeah, 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 like really full on, like like getting it on in caves. I'm very excited. When I go to Israel, when I go to Galilee, I'm going to actually visit that cave and I'm just going to stand there and just make boom, 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 chicka, chicka, boom, 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 chicka, chicka, chicka noises. It's going to be great. Oh. That would make for a very strange Kentucky tour. <laughs> actually, that sounds exactly what a Kentucky tour sounds like. Oh, yeah, good point. So we want to create a sign for your bakery that really yells freshness and quality. Yes, I want to distinguish myself from the other bakeries in Transylvania. I'll do a little research, choose some possible font faces, and then put together some mock-up designs for us to look over. This sounds great. I can't wait to see it. Also, I am happy to help out in any way that you need. That's great. In fact, I've had a look through some fonts already to save you time. Yes. I found one I really like. It's called Gothic. Right. It's full of swirls. I'm familiar with the Gothic font. I really like it. Gothic, also known as black letter, used in Western Europe since the 12th century. Originally handscribed by monks. Was it? What a pedigree. You want this font to help present the concept of freshly baked bread. Yes, please. You also stated that you wanted a design that stood out from the other businesses in Transylvania. I did! But Gothic is used by the library. Is it? Also the butcher, the greengrocer, the yoga school, the kindergarten, and the fire station. Oh, wow! You must have a good eye for these things! 
I was involved in the signage design for each of them. And they all wanted gothic. Hmm, maybe we should try something else, uh, something a bit friendlier. Yeah, 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 we, we could have a look. I also found a font called Comic Sans. Oh, well, that's just evil. Do you know what a Zamboni is? How dare you? <laughs> Not in this room, Dan. We're alone. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. A Zamboni <laughs> is one of the big tractors that you drive around in an ice rink. Oh, is this going to be some sort of Euro truck? Simulator 2 thing? No, no, no. no. I, uh, I promised I wasn't going to bring uh, that up, and now you've brought it up. I, I just thought you were going to sneak it in. No, no, you. No, I'm not going to sneak oh, it in. Oh, I'm not talking about can't... trucks. I'm just talking about a big machine. That... Do you think there's a Zamboni simulator? <laughs> <laughs> going round. Well, look, now you've brought it up, uh, I, am, I, let's just, I am addicted to Euro Truck Simulator 2. <laughs> I, I'm really, really loving it. It's like playing pocket trains where you actually get to control the train and the train can swerve. <laughs> Like, I'm really enjoying it. It's, I don't know why. I think there's, it's very restful. Excellent. That's good. Restful but challenging. Maybe you should become a truck driver. That's what you should do. That's what my wife keeps telling you me. You should just drive trucks in real life. more money. That's what you should just, yeah, that's right. You'd be like, I can drive trucks all around Europe. You can be like a Europe truck guy. It'd be awesome. Ooh, that does, yeah. Anyway, Zamboni machine <laughs> is the machine that resurfaces the, the ice on an ice ring. Okay. All my life, I'm just like, well, it just runs over rough ice and it just sort of squishes it mm. and maybe melts it a bit so that it's the ice is better. Mm. And uh, then I went, that's dumb. Mm. Why I've been living for 38 years under the assumption <laughs> that that's how Zambonis work because obviously I was exposed to them as a newborn. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was first, he was almost crushed, crushed by a wild Zamboni. <laughs> now, I'm guessing, can I, can I have a guess how it works? Yeah, I'd it, love that. It would just be you, you, you put ice under pressure and it's going to go back to liquid. And then it would freeze, and once it comes out of pressure again, that is an interesting idea. And because with pressure, it doesn't heat the water up so much as it lowers the melting point mm. of the of the of the ice. Yeah, yeah. So is that is that right? Or no. It, oh, okay. No, oh, not okay. at all. Right. <laughs> no, because there's a whole bunch of steps. Right. There's a lot going on under that machine. Right. Because Enlighten me. I like. I like that. I think all our Canadian listeners are like, oh, we'll just skip forward yeah, four this, minutes, shall we? This, yeah. This is. <laughs> This is years two through four right. Canadian That's primary right. How school. to build a Zamboni machine. Come on, guys. Get with it, you Australian guys. The problem with the ice mm. is that people ice skate on it. Mm. So if we just stop that, yes. that'd be great. Oh, for goodness sakes, people. And people play hockey on it, oh. which is really confusing because mm. the ball would roll. It's a puck. A really... Oh, I see what you did there. Sorry. Yeah. That was a joke. Oh, sorry. It's a puck. The, uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I was once I was on some terrible hockey injury, ice hockey injury mm. where I got turned into a donkey. It's a Shakespeare puck joke. Oh, so, yeah. so that's actually very yeah. good. That's yeah. actually quite good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too, too many it's, levels. There was, um, Look, there's one yeah. person out there who's like, oh, oh my f***ing God, that's, that's genius. A, that's a, <laughs> a chink in the wall. Look yeah. at you, a chink in the wall. So the ice blades, yep. they sort of cut through the ice a little bit. Yep. And they leave grooves in it. Yep. But on top of that, you get dust settling mm-hmm. on the ice Ugh. and bugs. Right. Damn those bugs. I, I would have thought most bugs would freeze, but apparently bugs are a problem. Okay. And so you, you have to get rid of that stuff. Mm. So the machine comes in. It's got a giant razor blade underneath <laughs> it that just chips in and just scoops up like half a centimetre of ice oh, all okay. the way around. Yep. So it scoops up. So all it just gets l- lower and lower all the time. So in the end, your ice rink, after 10 years, would be like 40 feet underground. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a mine. It's an ice mine. <laughs> it's like 12 metres down. It's like, oh, if you want to skate down, you've got to rappel to the floor. And there's a Zamboni machine you have to slay. 
It may well surprise you that more goes on in the Zamboni <laughs> oh, machine. Oh, my goodness. Because it scoops up, it slices off a bit of ice, mm. and then there's a, an auger, like a mm. screw, that sort of delivers the, all that ice. <laughs> this image of a soothsayer killing a chicken going, this ice will be flat. Augury. That's what an augury oh, is. All right. It's just all as right. I, I don't know. I'm just picturing Canadians. You know, I don't like Canadians. They're weird people. So, you know. Too, too kind. Too kind. And, too and, friendly. And the way they do that is by murdering chickens to make ice go flat. Right. So it's it's voodoo. It's voodoo. It is. Well, it's voodoo. It's, it's, it's a voodoo it's, curse that makes everyone nice it's, to it's, each other. It's Canadian voodoo. It's can do. I'm not sure. Thank you. I'm not sure. So the ice gets scooped up and moved up an auger and into a big vat, a big barrel that just right. collects all of the ice. Yep. Still then, cold or is it water now? Oh, it's ice. It's ice, okay. It's crispy ice. Mm. Now, like a slushy, bug slushy. Now you don't want to use it again. Yeah, it's bug slushy. Bug slushy. Daniela Martin would love it. Get in there with a <laughs> bug slushy. Like, oh, the yeah. lady from Girl Eats Bugs. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, we interviewed about eating bugs. Yeah. That'd be awesome. We should, we should be eating more bugs. That'd be awesome. Bug slushy for all. Mm, protein. What happens next is they force hot water onto the ice mm-hmm. and that sort of gushes out all of the gross grime and debris that get, collects in some of the deeper pockets. Okay. So what they've got to do, they've, they've got a, it's like a gurney, a hot water gurney. Right. That yep. really just washes it really mm. carefully. And then a great big squeegee scoops that all up mm. and vacuums it up into a second tank. <laughs> right. It's very uh, complicated. It is. It's fairly complicated. Now, the ice has just been cleaned with super hot water. Mm. What does that mean? You've got water on your ice. Yep, and? It will slowly, very very quickly, actually, turn back into ice. Well, it's going to melt. Oh, you melt the ice, you mean? It's going to melt the oh, ice. Okay, hot yes. water is yes. going to melt the ice. I was actually going the whole part. Hot water actually turns into ice faster than room temperature water. Yeah. But that's not what you're talking about. No. It's going complicated. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's a weird thing, That's though. very strange. Like, it's thermal inertia, isn't it? Yeah, it, like it, the, yeah. Like it's because it's cooling It can cool faster, faster yes. yes. It, it just keep. It's like a, a truck braking. It's, it's like a truck driving at 60 and a truck driving at 80 yep. along a European road, yeah. like oh, a European highway. For no reason. And no reason. And then, <laughs> and then one of them on 60 tries mm. to brake and it slows down. Mm. One doing 90 tries to brake and it takes longer to slow down mm. and ends up further down. Yeah. So it's like, how does... Temperature it's shouldn't even work like no, that. that doesn't, it shouldn't. But anyway, we'll talk about that another day, I think. Because the audience is probably going, what are you talking about? Anyway, get back to the machine, Matt Dan. That can't, yeah. be, that can't be it. Yeah. Cause, Otherwise, you'd just be living on a lake. It's vacuumed up all right. of the uh, water, mm-hmm. the, the, the hot water. The slush kind of stuff. Oh, no, the hot the water. wash water. Yes. Yep. washed it off. Right. And it squeegeed it up. Yes. And vacuumed all that into a second tank. And then it runs warm water, not hot water, oh, me. over the squeegee right. and lays down a nice, even surface oh, of new ice. I see. Now, if it didn't wash it with the hot water first, mm. you would end up with an, a layer of ice on top of the layer of ice underneath oh. it and the layer of ice underneath it, and it would striate, mm. and you'd have like just levels of ice, and mm. that wouldn't be strong. So when you you're smack- ice skating, you'd shear off big planes <laughs> of sharp ice. How, 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 is, that, is that it? Is that the end no, of no. it? Oh, my goodness. That's, that's not the end of it. Uh, well, what? Then, because well, what happens is that because that layer underneath has melted a bit, yes. it has, the crystals have broken up, mm-hmm. the ice crystals have broken up, with new water on top, then the crystals bond again, and so you get a much stronger flooring of ice. Right. Because you've melted it first before adding extra water. Sure. And then it just freezes because it's all now, refrigerated. This is all, this is all interesting and good. Next time anyone complains about the space industry wasting money, I'm going to point out that someone spent a lot of money and ideas designing a machine that could make perfect ice to skate on. I'm just saying, a big machine, that wanted, that's all it does. That's all it does. There are lakes, people. There are lakes. Put a shed over it. 
That's what I'm saying. Put a shed over a lake. A and shed then over a lake. Refrigerate the lake. No, no, the lake's Can- refrigerated. This is Canada, and they, they have they have. No, no, no. But but we have. I'm sure Canadians don't do this. <laughs> I bet they do. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah. But in fact, I think it was developed in Canada. <laughs> but we have ice skating here. Like there's one just up the road. But I don't. What do yeah. they do? They, they can use some sort of broom. I don't know. I just they I mean, used to use a to- sort of broom. Well, there you like go. The Zambonis, and it used to take forever. <laughs> but I, they have ice skating. It would matches. keep people invol- involved and you employed. It makes money. All, oh. all those people going to hockey matches, right? Make super amounts of money, so they can just send out these zambonis in the middle of the thing. Spend three minutes resurfacing and back in, and then the hockey oh, is that, game is, is it that quick. Is that quick? Is it takes? It doesn't take long at all oh, if okay. you've got a really oh, good one. Oh, fine. Okay, I'll accept that. The original adventure. ones were like a, just a jeep with some. Really dangerous equipment strapped to it. <laughs> that sounds the best thing. It sounds like a fun job. I wonder if it ever, wonder if it like, and here comes the Zamboni. Oh no, it's slid out on the ice. Yeah. It's crushed seven people. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, and you know why ice is slippery? Why is ice slippery? Low friction. Low friction. Well, yes. kind of, but well, yeah. why is there... Well, yes, but what, where does the low friction come from? Because it is converts back into water. Naturally, it no. converts back into water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what converts it back into water? With pressure. Not quite true. Not quite true. Some people used to say friction. Yep. The friction of the because of the, the blades. Heat, yeah. The heat friction running mm. across would melt the ice enough yep. to turn it into a very thin sheen of water, mm. which reduces the friction. Yep. Because yep. if metal was on top of ice, yep. and there was no, It'd be scraping along a solid. It would just be scraping along a solid. Yeah. Like yep. it wouldn't be lots of friction. Yep. So what is it, Danny? Put me out of my misery. Well, there's a bit of so there's the friction one. There's yep. the pressure one. Yes. Where as we discussed before, when you put pressure on ice, yep. it drops the melting point of ice. And it turns that into water. Yep. But that would only work for like three degrees or so. Like you, it, your ice would have to be just below freezing oh, for that to work. Okay. But you can ice skate on all sorts of like yeah. quite cold yeah. ice. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And I saw this amazing experiment online that demonstrates the friction element. Yep. Uh, what happens is these guys got this, like it basically looks like a house brick, but it's mm. ice. Yep. And they suspend it. They hold it from either side. And then they put a loop of metal wire around the brick of ice. Oh, that's when it cuts through it? Yeah. And then it freezes behind it? So what they do is they, yes. they hold, they put a, a big heavy weight on the hmm. wire and the pressure on the top of the brick of the wire actually heats or drops the melting point of the ice. So yep. it's still the same temperature, but the melting point is reduced. And then it turns it into water and it slowly moves its way through the ice. But then as the pressure leaves above the wire, yep. it refreezes because yep. it's the same temperature. And it just slowly moves its way it through the ice like through. David Copperfield or something. You can do this at home. You can do this as an experiment. You can get an ice cube and you can get a piece of fishing wire and or, yeah, and then you can just put a lot of pressure, hold it in your hands, or put it on a stick is normally easier. Yeah, and then push down, and you can do the same thing. And yeah, you, you built right through the ice cube. You can do as an experiment. You can do it at home, kids. You don't need a giant block of ice. It's amazing, to do it. and it doesn't ruin the structure of the brick. Like you can try to break the brick, and it's not like it's cut through and then refrozen mm. as a whole. It's it's still really solid ice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So, what's uh, the reason, Dan? What's the reason? The pressure on the ice wouldn't melt it. For the ice under the surface, yep. But the crystalline structure of the top of the ice is not as dense and not as stable, mm. and so a combination of both the friction and the pressure, and the fact uh. that those crystals on the top are not as solid, yes. allows that to melt into water uh-huh. and create that friction. There you go. But from this, I can extrapolate that if you had really, really cold ice, mm. like I don't know, six Kelvin or something, like yeah. really cold ice, yeah, then you wouldn't be able to ice skate on it. Well, that's that's an interesting experiment. Then if you could go to Europa, yeah, where on Europa they have it's so cold. Wrong moon, Titan. Come on, Greg, get your 
moons together. If you go, if you go to Titan at the moment, Titan with the, it's got its hydrocarbons on the surface in liquid form. It's so cold around Saturn. So you've got the hydrocarbons yep. on the surface. So you've got petrol, basically, or oils on the surface in, in these liquids and, uh, well, no, no, not uh, methane and things like that. So yep. methane, I should say, not petrol. Anyway, methane's hydrocarbons like that on the uh, liquids. And the rocks, in inverted commas, are actually water ice. Yeah. And they're really hard. They said that would be the same because of the cold. It would be very, very hard. I wonder if you could ice skate, ice on, skate on those rocks or would it be like, no, 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 this is way too cold. I'm not sure. Good question. Maybe we should ask an astrophysicist who's studied moons to find out. Are you an astrophysicist who studied moons? Or a Zamboni driver. Or a Zamboni driver who's been to Titan? Then contact Smart Off and Know Better and we'll get an answer. And now, a love poem from Smart Enough to Know Better. Roses are red. Violets are blue, but only when their velocities are in the same inertial reference as you. Why do certain fruits have seeds? To propagate, to so that there's more fruit everywhere. Okay, so how do they propagate? Okay, so you get like your your, your apple yep. or your mango. Yep. And it grows like... Oh, no, lot. let's go seeds. Let's go seeds. You get your, man- your apple seed yep. or your mango seed, yep. which is inside your apple or your mango. Sure. Hangs off your tree. Yes. They get attacked by the goddamn fruit bats. <laughs> or they fall off naturally mm-hmm. and land on the ground. Yes. And then uh, they get picked up by an animal who's like, I, I love all this lovely meaty fruit mm. stuff. And they carry it around going, rom, 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 rom. and then they're like, oh, seed, I'll just uh, I'll just drop that mm. in a mound of mush. Yes. And proteins or, and stuff. Or it goes through the, it goes through the digestive, digestive system. system. Normally through the digestive well, system. Well, mango yeah. seed, I don't know what well, that's, that's mango a, seed. That's, that's the question that we'll go into later. That's a big seed. That's a big seed, that's right. That's a, that's a most, hungry fruit bat. But most seeds are actually... Teeny tiny. Th- are th- tiny things that go through, actually. Yeah. And it's, they've evolved to actually go in the dung. So you actually yeah. get a fertilised yeah, area. fertilised bit. And you fertilised bit, yeah, so it goes in. But that's the thing. Now, you brought up the mango, but the one I was actually going to talk about today is avocados. Avocados? Oh, that's a, that's a big seed. That's a big seed. So we have this giant seed, and they originally came from, it's considered anyway, by... An avocado? Uh, well, from South America. Oh, right. From an avocado Sorry, in yes. South America. Okay. And it's intriguing. So you go, well, what... Why did it evolve this giant seed? Why is this giant seed? Like, and let's face it, if you, as a human, if you ate an avocado seed, you would probably choke to death. Yeah. It's that big. So why does it have this giant seed? Has it always been that big? Well, like, that's, well, that's, a, good, that's a good humans? question. Oh, have humans cultivated it? Well, according to this article, no. No. Oh. no that, is a, that has been, no, it wasn't human cultivated anyway. Okay. So we didn't, we didn't make that seed bigger. We wanted the flesh on it. That's yeah. why we like avocados. We don't care about the seed. So we, we would probably push for a smaller seed, but that wasn't something we've got we, yeah. have, we have same size seed so that seed has been around for a while so where did so why does so why does it have that seed what was it trying to do do you think um well again maybe animals carrying it off yeah to, yeah to drop it somewhere so, but once again through a digestive system is normally the way they try and work most yeah, of the avo- time avocados sit on the vine right yes yeah they're not yeah. a tree they're, they sit on a vine and hang off the vine yes so the vine can spread there could possibly be an animal that would eat something like a like maybe Maybe it exists in an area with lots of elephant South oh, American okay. elephants. So now I see. Tapirs? Tapirs are pretty tapirs. big. Tapirs big. Now you're on the right Cara, track. Cara, caribou? No. Cara, <laughs> ca- uh, carapaca. Cal- I will... Al- no. Ca- Casablanca. 
Cassowaries. No, cat. The Capybaras. That's the one. The, thank you. The giant, the, the king of rodents. King my, of rodents. My favorite, my favorite rodent ever. Uh, no, you're on the right track, though. I'll put you out of your misery because it's not around anymore. It's not around. The animal, what shape is it? The animal doesn't exist anymore. Oh. It's died out. And it died out 13,000 years ago. No and we're so surrounded by so many avocados. Well, well you wouldn't. It'd be the opposite. Wouldn't, don't you think it's the opposite? That it would be no avocados. Oh, because they're not propagating. They're propagating. Yeah. So it was actually the, the giant ground sloth. The giant ground sloth could quite easily eat an avocado and put that giant seed through its digestive tract, which helps it out. It actually cracks open the thing. And How it would, big is a giant ground sloth? Like... Two stories tall. Big, what? Big animal. Well, big. They... they went tree climbers. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Ground, that's why they're called ground sloth. Oh, that would make... Okay, cool. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought that, I thought that meant that you could well, story, turn yeah. them into a paste. No, no. <laughs> like you could... Like a giant mortar and pestle. They were huge. And... They were huge. And they were actually... Mm, would you like some ground sloth? They can have Ooh, claws, like seven, seven inch long. I'm using inches and feet today. I don't know what happened. I must have had a head injury. Sorry about that. Uh, but... <laughs> Take that, USA. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I, I used feet earlier on. Now I'm using inches. I don't understand. I'm old. Uh, so 20 centimeter long claws on these things. And animal, other animals go, I'm going to have a go at you. And they're like, no, you're not. And you're like, oh, like seven tooth cats go, I'll kill you. No, you're not. Like, oh, okay, fine. I'm going to eat this avocado. So they'd eat avocados and they would poop out the avocado and seed and then they would it, would, it would propagate. Now they haven't had something else to propagate with. They're missing their partner. As this lovely article says, they're missing their Aww. partner. And after Valentine's Day, it's very sad, isn't it? Avocados have been basically without their main propagator so instead of moving the seed further away now they just drop to the ground next to the trees the trees sorry the vines so the vine grows very close to its parent which we normally take it away so what do you think saved avocados why do humans turned up yeah Yeah. they love avocados that's right and we didn't care about the seed we cared about the flesh yeah we're where we liked eating the flesh of them so We've actually saved. I'm not saying they wouldn't be what they, they'd be gone, but they wouldn't be doing very well after 13,000 years. So yay for humans! We're the ground sloths of the future. Uh, <sighs> but there's lots. Take of- that, USA. <laughs> But there's... Uh, you know what? I got to back up that because yeah. Australians do. Oh, have, we're uh, we're, uh, we're I huge, think fatter than Americans. Like uh, we, yeah, percentage wise, we're, we're right up there. Yeah, there with we the, are. Uh, obesity we epidemic. Are, yes. Absolutely, so that yes. was a really low blow. It was. It's, that's fair enough. Uh, I think we should both team up against Canada. <laughs> Those skinny Canada. bastards. But anyway, Happy so there are lots of fruits and plants in the world that have lost their propagator. So, for example, there's lots of orchids. Orchids have developed like deep, deep funnels oh, yeah. that would fit a certain bird's proboscis or a certain insect get it in, and they're gone. They don't exist anymore. Mm. So now they've evolved to be propagated by something that's not there anymore, mm. and they're having a hard time because of it. I just found it really interesting that something in your shop, I can go down to the shop now and buy avocados, are only there and only in the shape they are because they evolved next to giant ground sloths. So they were like, hey, giant ground sloths, come and eat me. And the ground sloths were like, yes, I will poo your babies on the floor. It's kind of exciting. It's like finding a Bigfoot's footprint and going, yeah. well, I didn't see Bigfoot, but I saw Bigfoot's footprint. Yeah, yeah. And that's really exciting. Greg and I have been podcasting for over four years now. Yes, we know each other so well, we can finish each other's sentences. Full stop. So you are a single man. Am I? Pretend. 
Okay, okay. Which Phew. Okay, yep. Right. I just gave one lady out there a massive heart attack. <laughs> I actually I gave three. Oh, oh no. Whoa! Hey. So you're out trying to have a sexual encounter. Am I? Someone? Yep. Oh, awesome. And I don't do that anymore. And you're like, you have <laughs> a bit of a chat with some lady uh-huh. and you come away and you're like, yeah, I, I think she's into me. Right. Nice. And then. Uh, it's not me, is it? You're not talking about me. You're talking about men in general. Am I, am I just every man? Am I every man now? No, let's make it more personal. Right. This is all about you. This is some science about you. That's and, <laughs> no, this is about every man. Okay. Every man goes, oh, I think she's kind of into me. Mm. And then you ask the girl, and often she'll be like, yeah, not that, no, not actually that into him. Mm. Not actually mm. that into him. Can I, can I put forward my theory on this? Yeah. Okay, here's my theory. But not knowing any of your research at all. Yeah. Dan jealously moved his iPad away so I couldn't catch a glimpse. I'm just, I was looking at it going, Oh, I hope it doesn't blow the whole story. Well, hopefully not. Here's this my theory on it. I hope it. you're f***ing wrong. <laughs> Here's my theory. I think it's enculturated in part of the culture anyway. So my take is that women have been programmed by culture to be nice to men, as in because, you know, the whole men rule the world kind of thing and women have been told to be quiet and be attentive. So when a man comes and talks to you, your job as a woman is to sit and look at him and make eye contact and smile and nod and go, oh, how interesting for you. But actually you, you've just been programmed to behave in that way and only in modern... For defense, basically, please don't crush my head yeah. because I'm not a Neanderthal woman. You can't hit me four times. So it's, it's really it's a protection thing. So yeah. the man well, goes... Let's tell you what, if you look at Twitter, hashtag Gamergate, oh, you would see. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. not going to delve into that. No, but, we are really not. Yeah, def, def, yeah, being defensive there seems to be yeah. developing if you, if you and Because if, if you don't show some males, a lot of males, unfortunately, deference, interest, and eye contact when they decide their attention is decided. I will bequeath attention upon you, woman. And if you don't respond with, oh, I'm interested, that they don't just go, oh, she's not interested. They will say, you're a bitch. I hate you. You're, didn't your mum tell you to be nicer to people? And it's, you know, because my attention is worthwhile. You should give me yours. Mm. That's, that's my take on it. That's All right. it. A All culture right. thing. We'll put that in the bank. Cool. And see whether it pans out. Sure. Done. But they, they did this study in a... Uh, controlled environment mm. so the guy and the girl would have an interaction <laughs> i just imagine there's a nightclub and you, you talk to the girl and you go out and then it's like you can't can i go no no i'm sorry we sealed the nightclub what it's a controlled environment now no i want i've got to i've got to pee i'm sorry well you go to the toilet that's fine you cannot leave the confines of this it's a big bag i want a, I want a kebab no 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 no, no, kebabs. no, no kebabs. That'll, that'll, that'll taint the results <laughs> that is a variable we cannot account for <laughs> so they were chatting and uh, they asked the guy, oh, so how much do you think she liked you? Mm. And he goes, oh, kind of, eight out of ten. Mm. And they asked the girl, how much did you actually like him? And she went, oh, six out of ten. Oh. And, uh, but what's the error bar on that? Oh, Plus or minus no. two? Oh. Ah, you see? You see? smoking like a true optimist. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's quite a bit of research that says men are constantly misestimating the sexual intentions of women that they're uh, engaging with. Okay. Hmm. And this one group came out and went, well, wait a second, that's that's definitely one way of interpreting those results. Hmm. But another way of interpreting is that the woman is lying about how much she actually likes the guy. Oh, she's trying to protect her dignity in a society that doesn't allow you to be sexually... Active. Mm, the guy could be ah. going. I reckon she's an, she's eight out of ten into me. Yeah, and she's actually like, yes, I am eight out of ten into yeah. him. But I'm only going to say I'm six out of ten into him. That could be what that happening. could be what's happening. Yeah, that could be what happening. And that could also have evolutionary reasons because you, if you're 
looking for the best partner and you go, oh, he looks pretty good, but I'll just make to father the best children, you know, so they take over the world. But if I jump him and he's the wrong one, I'm in trouble. So I'll play it cool and therefore maybe other better males might turn up. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, that's just me putting out there on a thing. Well, what happens hmm. is that they, they did the experiment mm. and they, they had other women judging how interested other women were in oh. them. And they, they took it... Because there's no way of measuring how sexually interested a woman is. Or human, any man. human is. Uh, or, yeah, any woman, <laughs> unless you're, like, wiring up their genitals and stuff. And even then, that's, that's yeah. a sexual... And that's going to change how you feel. But if you go, oh, am I interested in this person? I've got things wired to my yeah. genitals. And, and heartbeat gonna... and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's all a bit esoteric. Hmm. Yeah, it's... You don't do it. St- right. You don't do it statistically. Surely, at the end of the day, the only way you, could, you wouldn't be able to do it as an experiment of, of wiring things up because you don't have to look over time who went home with who. Well, what's, what happens is the big problem is that if a woman is lying about it, there's no way to know whether she's lying about yes. it. Yes. But if other women are picking how sexually interested she is in the, the if, other person... If they think, I would think, if they they think, think she is... Then, then that's a certain element. Also, mm. is the man overest like, t- yes. telling people yeah. too much? Is he, he's like, I think she's 8 out of 10 because yes. I would be too embarrassed Tell to me say. more, tell me more since you put up a fight. That, that's not, that whole song is... That's a bad song. But yeah, the whole song is about that it's one... It's a great song. It's a, a bad line. It's a bad line from it, I realise. Sorry about that. But it's uh, but it's actually a song about him going, she was really into me, and she's like, well, yeah, yeah. Cause... He was trying to be cool about it. I really want to know this. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't I don't have these lyrics memorised at all. You'd better look it up online. <laughs> I am. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't sing it all the time or anything. That's. That's not. Yeah. I do. Yeah, here you go. So he's saying things like, you know, I saved her life. She nearly drowned, and he showed off, splashing around. So the two two sides of the same story. He's saying, yeah. I saved her life. Mm-hmm. I'm really into, it. and she's like, no, no, he's an idiot. It's a thing. So yeah. Even though they're into each other, see, that's it's my goodness, art well, imitating science. Yeah, I love it. It's. So, yes, the gentleman was trying to save face. And then the scientists were like, we'll give you 10 bucks to drop your answer down to 6 out of 10, <laughs> basically. Or there was, they yes, incentivized. Because they're like, yep. well, if, if, Economics, if, there he, you go. if he doesn't want to be seen to be less, yeah. say, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm incentivizing you to drop your response. He's like, no, sh- I, look, I swear to God, she's that much into yep. me. I'm not, yep. not lying about it. Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> so there were a couple of different elements to this that had to be controlled. Are you saying that human behaviour is really complicated and chaotic and yeah. really can't be yeah. easily put into it's, a formula? It can be a bit tricky. But <laughs> what these people came forward with was, yeah, it, the woman, women generally say that they're less interested in men mm. than they actually are. Oh, that's... Like, so, there is... Oh, and that's, please. That's, it's that's, kind of like saying, no, sometimes means yes. No, you do. Yeah, like, no, not, no, no, no. Yeah, that's, oh. a, that's an interesting visceral oh, reaction you had there. Yeah, it is. That's not a that's not a, a message that I no, want to promote. No, not in any way on shape the or podcast or ever. No, no, not at all. Because I think the important message takeaway is sometimes no doesn't mean yes, and that's really important. That's, that's the that's the right? really important yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, that's right. Yes, Just because sometimes it does mean yes. No, it doesn't mean no. It doesn't. Sometimes no does mean yes. If some, but no, no. Sometimes it, no, it means no. No, and it it's doesn't. Really important. No, no. To know that sometimes <laughs> someone, no means no. If someone says no, they, they if the no no is no. No is no. But that's the rule. If they're interested, if they're the interested in you, if they but, say they're not interested in you, but they are actually interested, that's a very different thing. If you go, do you want to sex with me? And they say no, the answer is no. Whether or not they okay. were secretly saying yes. yes later exactly. on, they come up. There are people may- out there who think 
that sometimes uh, when she says no, she means yes. Yeah, and, and, he, and you have to just follow the rule that no, no means, means no. no. Yes, politically and socially, you yes. have to do it. Even though on a scientific level, sometimes she might be interested she, in you, she, but she still, still said no. You can be interested. No. I know well, what you're saying. Well, I'm just being very careful. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, and it's important because <laughs> there are people out there listening to this podcast going. Yep. Oh, is that right, Dan? Yeah. Oh, sometimes no means yes. Oh, well, I am getting my blog out. <laughs> like, I'm going to go through this paper because yep. I, I can link to all the stuff. It'll be on the web yep. page. Those people are already there looking for it. Yeah, yeah. Going, I'm going to go through this with a fine-tooth comb. Mm. I'm going to pick the shit out of it. Yes, that's fine. There's that feeling. You're, and you're having this. This is yes. what I wanted to talk about. Okay. You're yep. having that feeling of like, yep. This is bullshit. No, it's not bullshit. And we need to... It's not bullshit. And, and there are some people going, well, this research is bullshit. Like, I've yeah. got to find out what's wrong, and I, I'm yeah. going to go through it with a fine-tooth teeth. I don't think and it's any bullshit. Convinced. Can, no, can, I, can I just say, just to, I'm not saying... I'm not having a problem with the research. Yeah. I, I, but some people are, and that's I accept, what I want to get to. I, but it's, it's that feeling that you're feeling of being convinced that there's something... That, that some people are feeling, mm. oh, there must be something wrong with this mm. research. Mm. Like, I, I've got to pick holes in it. Mm. Okay. Because Have people? I, I disagree... With, with with this, no, not not yet. But yes. hey, next podcast, I'm sure we'll get some emails. <laughs> um, and and there's there's always holes to pick. That's mm. how science works, of course. But that feeling that you're feeling of going, I, I desperately need to find the research that proves this wrong. This is the feeling that many religious people feel when they're confronted with uh, evidence about the beginnings of life and stuff. They get that big emotional reaction mm. and they go, well, that can't be right. Mm. Like, there's an emotional feeling. Mm. And we're bipedal apes. Mm. Like, that's how we interface with everything. Yeah. And, and we have that. Obviously, this is only one paper. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important... We also, sample size. What was the sample size? You would have to go to the article to check that out. It's been okay. a while since I read through it. Yep. I think it's really important that we think really carefully about science that we disagree with mm. as well as science mm. that we agree with. Yep. I, like, and when, when you go, oh, this... This research backs up what douchebags in fedo- like douchebags in fedoras are going to use this research. <laughs> yeah. You go, well, that doesn't make it wrong. They it will just twist it to mean what they want it to yeah. mean, but it's not. It doesn't actually mean what they want it to mean. It doesn't mean that they have the right to say, "Well, actually, I know you're interested in me, therefore you're going to have sex with me." Yeah, that's not what it's saying at all. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes sometimes results conflict with your personal experiences mm. and what seems obvious to you. Mm. Like the the most dangerous thing a scientist can do, well, uh, common sense yes. tells us. Um, now, sometimes the results are upsetting and even damaging to society mm. to have information out there that yeah supports certain things, like. Like uh, racism studies and statistics hmm. and stuff. Babies are racist. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, which I, we I, should wipe out all babies. <laughs> I, I mean, so I have a problem with it anyway. I don't think babies are yeah. racist. I think babies just don't like change. But anyway, that's fine. I mean, this is a super political area, so biases mm. are always impossible to wipe out. Yes. But uh, it's always valuable to absorb all the information you can rather than just the stuff that appeals to your particular side of things. Yes. Now, the paper uh, like the and the research that this woman does mm. about men being inter- interested in each other and Oh, I like the fact that it's, it's, so the scientist is female. The scientist is a woman. Interesting. Uh, her name is Karen Perillo. Interesting. From the Department of Psychology in Texas State University. I'm going to put links to her web pages on the show notes. Yep. Really interesting website to go through. Mm. Really interesting. Dinosaurs. Hooray! Uh-oh. Not feathered. Yay! Big, not theropods, big four-legged dinosaurs. Ooh, like a brachiosaurus. Yeah, it's just marching across right. the plains, moving their hands, moving their heads back and forth, mowing 
Mowing what? Brontosaurus. Mowing, mowing what, Dan? What were they mowing? Hmm? What, were, what were they eating? Ferns. They, fern, Delicious ferns. Sure it wasn't something else? It wasn't grass. Are you sure? No grass back there. wasn't there. There's no grass. No, well, the, the research does seem to state that grasslands only seem to turn up about 30 million years after, flowers. after dinosaurs died out. That was, that's the common thinking, but... Flowers. Plenty of flowers no back flowers. then. Uh, flowers. Near something. halfway through. Halfway yeah, through. Halfway Boom. Through. Flowers everywhere. So let's Delicious say... Delicious flowers. Let's go pre... Roughly pre... Oh, no, no, just after flowers. There's now evidence that grasses existed 100 million years ago, which is much longer than 30 million years. Goodness gracious. So they don't think it's grasslands. They don't think that grasses didn't really take off until the yeah. dinosaurs all sorted off. But there seemed to be evidence of grasses 100 million years ago, fossilised, like the toughest grasses. That's one element of that uh, that Disney dinosaur film, is that all the fields are covered in grass. <laughs> yeah, they, they wouldn't filmed have. the fields yeah. and then <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't put have been. dinosaurs over the top. But walking with dinosaurs, didn't they get rid of found places that didn't have grass. All right. That was that. They actually went, that was the research had come up going, there was no grass. And they went, oh, we have to get rocky areas. We have yeah. to get ferny um, forests. So we've talked about in the podcast before, grasses and trees hate each other, basically. So there's a war going on between grasses and trees. Mm-hmm. So when trees burn down, grasses can survive the fire and they spread out and they basically stop trees from growing around them. So they don't like each other. Grasses and trees don't are not friends yeah. at all. Anyway, but what's really interesting about this research is they found this grass, but they found something else on the grass. They found this fungus. Ooh. And this fungus is called ergot. Ergot is the precursor to LSD, <gasps> lysergic acid diphylamide. And so these dinosaurs are getting wasted. And it seemed well, if their biology I mean, was anything similar to animals, like, and they're eating a lot of it. Yeah, if they this fungus was out, it was basically infesting these grasses as they do in modern day. Yeah, ergots do. And these dinosaurs would have been eating it. Now there wouldn't have been huge grasslands of them, but it's, ah. it does seem now there's does some theory, evidence that. Basically, dinosaurs would have got bombed off their skulls, Ooh, according to this research. A couple of animals do that. This sounds familiar. I heard about this recently, didn't I? Yes, we actually did. Strangely enough, uh, we were on a podcast. The, yes, the Imaginary Friends podcast. Imaginary Friends. We were invited by Jake from the Imaginary Friends podcast to go and chat on his podcast, and they brought up this research. And I was incensed because I was going to talk about it on this podcast, yeah. but they talked about it much more than I we did. I kind of zoned out and didn't really... Uh... Anything in, so probably good that it's coming up now. That's good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's pretty well. There's just evidence of like, of LSD precursors in uh, in come, grasses. Come but on. I think it was more interesting that there was grasses 100 million years yeah. ago. That's that's the really interesting thing to me. So there's a couple of animals that kind of go out of their way to get bombed on stuff, aren't they? Yeah, I've seen elephants. Elephant oh, elephants used to get, get drunk. Elephants, not used to, they get drunk. They, they get fermented they apples. Fermented Apples, uh, yeah, seek it out. yep, and they really do. Uh, I've seen videos of a leopard getting bombed off its skull and off fruits as well, which is a bit weird, right. and then rolling around the floor. Uh, but it wasn't. It was hallucinogens too, actually. Was it ergot as well? I'd have to look it up again. But yes, lying on its back and like waving its paws uh, at something, and it's just bombed off its skull. And when when you're the apex predator, nothing's going to nip yeah. over and have a go. So you can lie on your back for an hour and wave your paws in the air. It's I cool. Think there are some birds that do too. Humans, we oh, we're all for it. Oh yeah, we yeah, love yeah. it. We love getting out of our brains all the time. I eat fermented fruit all the time. (laughs) Constantly. But the Imaginary Friends podcast, they had us on. That was very nice of them. Yep. And they are are a Brisbane-based podcast, which they've been around nearly as long as we have. In fact, longer than we have, I do believe. Mm -hmm. And they're a skeptics podcast. So if you're into skeptical sort of stuff, looking at skeptical news, religious news, that sort of stuff. Being angry about stuff. Being angry. They are quite quite angry. They are zen-like garden. (laughs) They are quite angry. We'll admit that. They they are much more... They're on the front line of skeptical fighting. They 
the front they, line is both sharp and on fire and over there <laughs> Imaginary Friends podcast. And they're ready to take it to the man and, and shove it where the sun don't shine. We're much more the care package senders from the back lines. We've got to go. Back line. We, send, we send you mittens. Science mittens from the back lines. I like to think of us more like the mash unit. Yeah. Oh, can I be Hawkeye? I'm like the, oh damn it! I'm the I'm the wise kraken surgeon of comedy and science. Guess I'll be. Um, There's not a war. It's a murder. There's not a uh, radar. No, I think radar's pretty cool. No, he's not. You could be. You could um, be the. Um, you could be. You could be hot, hot lips. Oh, oh yeah, hot no, lips no, her. Hot lips. Yeah, yeah. You're the hot lips yeah, Hulahan of skeptical punk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or everyone wants cranky. you, but you, yeah. you're a bit standoffish. Yeah, a bit ice, ice vixen. That's right. Yeah, I'll be. I'll, I'll, I'll have a crack at that. That's very good. We work together. We went. I mean, we don't like each other. But they have, we have a bit of a combative relationship. Well, actually, I like you more than I'm saying. Oh, but <laughs> I think you're a six out of ten. But yeah, oh. but oh, you, I, I say you're a four out of ten. <laughs> I've been watching Arrow. Oh, yes. Anyone can die. Mm. It was even worse with Prison Break. Prison Break. Like, there'd be someone with a story. Mm. Story, story, story. Death. What what, what happened to their story? Mm. Like, mm. They yes. had goals and motivations. <laughs> People's stories would just get cut halfway through. But not an Arrow. Not an arrow. No, arrow, no. A, uh, I mean, there are a lot of people dying. Yeah, but there's thugs and random guys left. Random guys. Sometimes when you're watching one of these shows, like mm. Arrow... Uh, you get halfway through a season, and you know which characters are safe. Hmm. Like that person's safe; they're not going to die. It's like Game of soon. Thrones, you're like oh, Game of Thrones. Any moment, <sighs> stab through no, the heart, and you're Game too of Thrones blame. has its own rules. If a character is just getting a serving of shit all the time, mm. they're going to be fine. If everything, <laughs> if everything comes down I, okay for them, if I like, wonder. It's, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. It's all going to be okay. Uh, Death. Uh, maybe, maybe. I'm so happy, my love. Uh, I'm pregnant, and you, you well, and I are in yeah, love well, now. Yeah, well, you're and dead. And that's more important than any. Oh uh, God, uh, no! I'm stabbed in the baby. I do actually kind of agree with that with the Game of Thrones. I wonder because I made a comment recently. I went, "Oh, Tyrion gets the living." By the way, we were talking about the TV show, not about the, the books. So maybe this happened in the books. We don't want to know. Thank you. But like Tyrion, you go. Look, Tyrion just has the, the shit upon shit upon shit put upon him. Yeah. There's no way he's going to die. A, he's he's a little person. I think that's the right way of putting. Oh, I don't know. Uh, and well, that's not going to stop him. They keep killing kids. Oh well, yeah, but kids are, they can grow up to be buggers anyway. So and he's just and his life is heck from one point to the yeah. other, and he's going to be fine because of yeah. that. They're not going to suddenly go and then we cave his head in with a with a yeah. brick. Uh, I think he's safe. Yeah, unless he becomes king of the world and then he's going to get stabbed in the face. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I do not want things to go well for that man. <laughs> that's right, we like him too much. But and and the other one like that is someone like Jon Snow. Jon Snow seems pretty safe to me, but he's a bit of a tragic hero. Yeah. So I think maybe he could ride in to battle and save someone's life and get murdered. Like, he may not survive because well, he dies. He's still alive now. Yeah, he's still alive now. As far as the TV shows, he's still alive. So there's people like that. But other people, you're right. When Rob, Rob Stark was like, I'm king of the north, my friends. I'm uh, king of the north. Join the family. Stab, stab, stab. Even Ned Stark is like, oh, guess yeah. what? He's uh, like, nah, you're not going to die. Everything, we're going to work yeah. this out. We're going to work this out. Yeah. Well, Ned, was like, gentlemen. Ned was like, look, I'm just going to go talk to the king. He's a reasonable man. It'll all be fine. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. I'll talk to the new king. He's a reasonable man. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. He's always like, let's just talk this through. Oh, what do you mean you're playing a game I don't understand? Death. Yeah. So, anyway. <sighs> At any rate. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Diversions. Um, these are characters who are safe, and they're mostly safe because they're fun to watch. They're yes. big characters. Like Omar from The Wire mm. was not supposed to last more than like three episodes. But he was so interesting to watch that they just kept him in. They mm. kept him around. Yeah, yeah. Which means that there are there are rules in this universe. Mm. And in many universes. Yeah. You watch Arrow, there's a guy with a glowing red eye who shoots really well. 
Right. Yeah, he's still hanging around where, where I'm watching. Uh, like he's been around. He, he didn't go out after one episode. Right. But the mob boss, who's a fat guy, who's mean. And was that Deadshot? Wasn't it? Women? Yeah. Yes. Dead. Yeah. Yep. Is Deadshot? You mean? Oh no. Oh no 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 um, no no no. <laughs> I am further along than you. I didn't. No, I don't mean that particularly. No. Um, so the mob boss, who's a fat guy and is mean to women, mm. he dies almost as soon as he gets on screen. <laughs> yes. You and I. Now live in that universe. Oh. How do we survive? Oh. Sasquatch or Bigfoot? Who is who? It's all going down at the Crypto Zoo. I make friends with the Flash. With the Flash, I go to I go to I go to his city what? and and sure, no, no. Barry Allen and I go Barry, help me! I have the Flash, and he goes, "How do you know that? Because I've been reading your comics. What do you mean?" And I go, "Because I, I'm a, I'm from a universe that made you. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, I know things." He runs away. And you can't catch him. No, I can't. I can. Die. No, but I don't want. So you reckon you want to be friends with someone who is a hero? Well, yes. That seems. That someone seems. Who, I, am, so I, am, I, am I taking my knowledge into that world? It's not necessarily the DC universe that we're into. Oh, okay, right. We're into fine. a universe right. where there's no established heroes yet. Oh, okay. So but, not the Arrow universe. Yeah, not right, the Arrow I'm, universe. I'm sorry. Okay. We're just in a universe where right people survive. If they're more interesting, like it's according a, it's to a TV, TV rules, uni- TV rules, right? Okay, that's what you're saying. Okay, right. Oh dear, how do we survive in that world? Yeah. I, how do you know if the camera in inverted commas is on you? Oh, look, it could be on you, depending oh. on how interesting what you're doing is, or what but, things but, are but, going but on. But right. sometimes people, sometimes you, know. you, you, you could be sitting in a cubicle in those shows at the start of the episode. Yep. Cubicle worker is just cubically working, yep. and he and he hears a noise, and he turns around, and some guy leaps into the window and stabs him through the eye, look, and you could just be killed, and you, yeah. didn't, you didn't even know the camera so was you on you. Don't want to be cubicle worker. Okay, you so don't want that as your job. So you don't know when the camera's on you. You, you, don't you have to know. set up something. You because. If, if, oh. if the camera suddenly appears, yes, and you don't know, yeah, and, uh, you I mean, is it literally you, a camera appear? No, oh. no, no. Oh. But in an environment, this is the world that you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they don't know that there's cameras on them. We're so if you're recording. if you're a schmuck, yeah, you're gonna get stabbed by the ninja when he goes in to steal the files from your boss's computer. Look, why are you working at a place where there are files worth st- being? But stabbed you don't over? even know, no, because it's a secret organization like Hydra in in, um, in Agents of Shield. Yeah, but you not, don't even know that they're, they're not, evil. They're not breaking into like some like architect who lives out in the country. But no, no, but, they, but that's what you think it's fine. You're working in architect. It turns out to be a grand villain, and and you just happen to be a, a data entry guy for a grand villain. And you get stabbed right Look, in the jacket. You jacksy. can't cover every. That's every the aspect, problem. I know. That's, you, that's what I'm panicking about. You don't okay. know who you're working okay, for. I understand that there's panic. It's that's a danger. No, no, no. I'm really... That's, why did you put me here? What, what's, what have I done to you, oh, Dan? Oh, look, it wasn't my fault. What the hell? Okay, right. It was Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Good. Who is who? I can't tell them apart. It doesn't matter. Hang on. That's like us. No one can tell us apart either. So are you Sasquatch or Bigfoot? <laughs> anyway. Right, so if you're a no one, you could just get stabbed right in by a ninja at any moment. Yeah, possibly. You, you, and you could be... Or you, you could just be killed to give the hero... A, a bit of emotional oomph to finally get off his ass and stop being an alcoholic and save the city. You could be run down by the villain. True, but what makes it more interesting for you to be run down by the villain? If you're just a schmo, is that more dangerous or less dangerous? I think it's more dangerous. Than being of, of, of value. So how do you stop yourself from being that schmo? Be more valuable. Be more valuable? Very to the world. The world has to know who you are. Like a firefighter. You have to be... Uh, no, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, you have, to, you have to go out of your way to make sure the world knows that you're important. Yeah. So the world won't kill you. Yeah. Well, well it can kill you, but... You, need to be, you don't just need to be good. You need to be important. Because if you're yes. just a generic good guy... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saved a kitten, young lady. 
and that makes for a lovely tragedy. Yeah, yeah, that's it's yeah. like, oh, the kitten saving yeah, guy. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy used to save kittens. Uh, oh, now he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and that, now the now the hero goes, I will avenge kitten saver, yeah. and I will leap over there and punch the guy. Yeah, you don't want to be avenged. No. Okay, you don't want to be like, avenged. If you're a firefighter, uh, yes, you want to be the one firefighter who survives. Yes, because everyone is. You want to be. So how do you be the one firefighter who survives? Well, you set the fire. You set the fire. And you're the villain. So you have to become the villain because you can't... The hero... Look, that's a dangerous yeah, you, step to I, make. I know, but you have you're, to be a pretty impressive villain to last all the way that's, through. You do. and you, like you, You're setting a, a timer on your life. You, you have to get really big really you fast. Are, you are not... You are not going to die of old age as, a, as any sort of villain. <laughs> but it all depends what the world is. But if you kind of, yeah, you have to say, well, I, no one knows. You have to be like a sneaky guy because the story is not going to kill you off. Because they, if they, if let's say you set the fire and you burn down a building and you kill all the other firefighters, but you survive somehow and you put out, you save a baby at the same time, you're the hero, but secretly you're the villain. Yeah, the, the, narratively, good. they can't kill you off yet until that story comes out and yeah. you get your comeuppance. So if you just die, if you get run down by a truck, then and then twenty years later, you go, "Oh my god, he set the fire." That's boring story. That's a crap story. Mm. That's really not good story yeah. at all. But if you get found out uh, later on, yeah. hero becomes villain, and no one believes it. It's like, oh, so someone goes, "I know it was you." You go, "You have to prove it." There's no evidence. I'm going to get you. You can't kill me. I'm the baby saving fireman. Like, damn you, baby saving fireman. Yes, damn you. So you've got some tension and we, now. And, we, and he's got a name now. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. And, you, and like you, he's got a motif. Yes. And people think you're good. So you have all the police behind you going, no, baby saving fireman's a good guy. Leave him alone, Arrow Man, or whoever the bad guy, the good guy is trying to stop you. In that situation, yeah. I'd be a bit, I'd still be a bit concerned about going, I'm going to be a bad guy. Because though, no bad guy ever lives to senility. Well, like, that's, well there's, yeah, there's always a timer well, ticking. So you, there's quote, a lot of management. To quote Freddie Mercury, it's better to burn out than to fade away. No, not in this situation. We're oh, trying okay. to live as long oh, as okay, possible. Okay, 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 fine. So, so I was thinking, uh, if, if I was a firefighter, I didn't. I just want to be a generic good guy. Yes, but a firefighter. Number yeah. one. Yep. Maybe I could have a theme. Like something that differentiated me visually. The firefighter. Something that made me just pop a, l- a little yeah. bit more against generic firefighter A and B. I yeah. could be baby-saving firefighter. Yeah, 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 okay. Number Good. two, I would learn everything I possibly could mm. about all my fellow firefighters and then I would keep all the information about me a secret from them. Because oh, you're after, enigmatic. No, well, after, <laughs> not just en- not enigmatic. More so after the fire, they need someone to be able to talk about the people who went. I go, oh, oh no. Not, oh, uh, yes. No, not McTurnick. He, he and his wife Mary had planned on sailing to the West oh, Coast. And, and you know all and the And he was going to be retired. And, and what am I going to tell Mary? Like, if someone doesn't know McTurney no, okay. or whatever. I, no, I, we don't even know his name. We're McTurnick. Doing McTurnick. No, no, no. He's I, dead. I love your idea. I love your idea. I just realised what we have to do. Yeah. We have to work together. I'm the villain who set the fire. You're the hero who who everyone else died. Oh. And now, so you won't shoot me. We'll make no, a pact. Don't kill me. Yeah. We're like the Joker in Batman. Yeah. You can't take me out. And you're like, damn that fire setting bastard. Ah, oh, McTurnick had a wife and kids, right. and so the world can't kill you because you're avenging them. Yeah. But you can't kill me because you've got nothing to avenge. If you don't pull the trigger on me, so I would be the character who used the phrase, "He got away." Or, more, or you could beat me. Almost to death. 
you could beat you could beat me badly yeah. and then leave me in a bloody mess but go, I no. don't I don't kill and everyone goes oh wow you're so moral and then I go to hospital yeah, and put ah! him in an asylum and, and then I break out yeah. and then of course of course I'm going to break out at that point I'm a nemesis so I'm the nemesis yeah. to your hero and we have this weird love hate psychosexual thing going on you've kind of got to create a lot of sizzle yeah you really do you want sizzle so that it continues on I love or it. be so boring that whatever universe you're in gets axed but then the whole universe dies. Yeah. That's not good. That's, that's, that doesn't save you. But I think having a goal is important. Yes, yes. Definitely something having a goal. Do, something only you can do. Mm. Uh, never attain it. No, yeah, put yeah. An, a, yes. an impediment on it. Yes, like, a love. A love is good. You have to fall in love with someone who's out out of your league or, or out of out of your reach. Oh, that's good. a good one. Yeah. Of, and, but but not like but close enough that the universe is like we really want you to get together. Yeah. Come on, not like oh you're ugly and she's awesome and therefore uh, you can't have her. You're, you're a little bit of dicing with death there because if you develop an emotional connection to her, mm. then she could die just or you... or you could die to make her story better. Yeah, that could she could be you the don't hero. Want to be that? Uh, she yeah. could be the hero. You don't want to be the love interest because they can die. Any moment yeah. to make everyone's life because you, you suddenly have value to someone yes. who could, needs redemption or needs to avenge you. To avenge. We, we like avenging. Yeah. Avenging is a big thing. Avenging yeah. is a big thing. You've got to also, I think, have a, is a big goal, a yeah. world-spanning goal. You never you, save and, the and city, and you never want that to ever get into a position where you're like, oh, it's all falling into place. Yeah, it, you, it always needs to be distant. Well, no, it's, like, it's okay if it starts to, because hopefully the universe will, will throw a puppy into the works and, uh, and really yeah. gum up the gears. So it's... it's. But if you're mm. building some sort of device, mm. always be a number of components away from completion. <laughs> never complete a device. Yeah, yeah. Ne- never be about to press the button. Yeah. Someone will shoot you. Well, see, that's, a bit, that's a bit villain talk. That's a bit villain talk. Yeah. yeah that's, even, then, even then, scientist who's like, Ah, oh, oh. finally, the uh, the prototype earthquake detector is... Uh, it's like, shoot, shoot, bang, bang. Ah, it only, yeah. only can it predict earthquakes. It can create them. Shoot, 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 shoot. Steal, steal, steal. Yes, but... You want to be like, no, 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 you can't run this without me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, no, no. In fact, you... I've got to have my finger in it at all yeah, times. Yeah. Living finger. Yeah. Living finger connected to my brain at all times, not with so, a jar. Yeah. Unfortunately, but, two weeks later, you're a brain in a jar. That's, that's the, I was trying to stop that very quickly. But... But hang on, the problem there is I'm going to give you the side problem, yep. the side issue with that. You could be the guy, if you're the guy who makes the earthquake machine, when the bad guys come in and start blazing away, ah, we're going to take your machine, they shoot you, no, they shoot the wrong component. You go, you fool, it's about to go nuclear. And then you hurl yourself on it and then boom, you're dead. Ooh. But then you come back as earthquake man ah. and you go, I control the seismic forces. Ah, Ooh, so, so in a situation where there's definitely going to be death, yes. you have to... S- you have to run to it. Run to it. Going, I'll oh. stop it by pressing the button. Not a stupid death like gun down in a street. You have to, like, like Batman's parents did not become Batman. Okay. Batman became yeah. Batman. Bruce Wayne became Batman. So, by the way, Batman is Bruce Wayne. Spoilers. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, so you, you, if you're anything, you have to work on something crazy. Then you got to work on the, the the solar sun irradiating beam or gamma bomb. Or you see what I'm saying here? It has to be some sort of amazing, powerful thing that the world, super science, like the world, a, a particle yeah. accelerator will change the world. You know? yeah. And then you're like, be there when it goes wrong yeah. in the beam. Get the stupidest and place. Don't have anyone more interesting there with you when that's it happens. And, don't and let the, the don't let the pizza kid in while the experiment's running. Well, that's what, well you might you might get bonded to them, but also because the pizza kid comes in and he's like, "What's going on?" And yeah, it's yeah. like, "I'm a scientist and I've been working on this machine yeah. for years." Oh, what does this? Oh no, it's going yeah. wrong. <laughs> Scientist dead. Yeah, yeah kid's a guy. Yeah. Hey, look at me! I'm an underdog, and now I'm an overdog. I'm now atomic pizza and fire, pizza fire. earthquake boy. <laughs> yeah. So also, what you got to do is have your loved ones nearby watching. 
dying, so they see your agonizing death. That's a really important one as well. So not too close, but they're, they're watching going, no, Greg and Deb, we love them. Universe, you are unfair. The universe goes, oh, fine, I won't uh, kill these idiots. I will give them some No, powers. no, no, you don't want anyone connected to you in your life who will... They've got to mourn you. You're important that. then. The universe goes, should I save their life or should I kill them? And, and they go, well, just outside those walls, there's people banging on the walls going, see- no, darling, no. No, no you see, no. the problem is you're, you're in that delicate balance no. where w- when if you do die, yep. then it's tragic and they're like, what am I going to do? But they're not they're not as good as you. They're yeah, not, they, they you have to be, need, you have to lesser you people. To, <laughs> yeah, you need to find, you need to emotionally bond yourself to yeah. a sort of vacant human being. Yeah, so people aren't going to be, now I realise there's a problem with in the latest Godzilla movie, yep. uh, the Brian Cranston one. Spoilers, 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 by the way, for this movie. Sorry, but I'm going to spoil it. Godzilla you. dies. Uh, Godzilla, uh, no, actually he doesn't. He's fine. I was trying, trying to reduce the slice. Oh, okay, throw right. in. Okay. Right. Misdirection spoilers. Oh, okay, right. No, no, no. Just, just look. Just stop listening if you haven't looked. Don't, Brian Cranston is Godzilla. Brian Cranston makes it. He, no, I'm make the film Godzilla is boring. It is actually pretty. Spoilers it's actually Godzilla pretty bad. Very the point boring. is that Brian Cranston looks like the big hero. He's kind of like, God damn it, my wife was killed in the past, and I had to watch it. I pressed the button to bring the door down, yeah. and I killed her. And it was Godzilla. Actually, it was the Muto's fault. Yeah. Blah. And you're like, holy crap, he has reason yeah. to be the guy. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, and he's like, I'm going to solve this Godzilla problem. I'm going to go there, and I know stuff, and there's no radiation here. And then he just friggin' dies. Yeah, but that's that's subverting what the narrative. I know his son. About. His son becomes the hero. Yeah, you don't want a son. Boom. Don't have because, a son. So let's talk a little bit about mm. evolution in this. Yes. Universe. Yeah. 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 Because if you are interesting, do your interesting genes pass on to your children and make them safer from more able to survive? I, yeah, is it genetic? Everyone would have. Some, everyone would have. Interesting parents. Yes. Well, they kind of, let's think, like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, like he had a son. That was his son, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the Beef was his son. Yeah. yeah. And he was interesting. He was an interesting fella. He had superpowers. He could go through trees like a monkey and he could yeah. he could ride a bike and he could, yeah. He, he, so, so there was maybe yeah. a genetic component. Look, I, uh, I think a child of an interesting person in this universe is going to get kidnapped all the time. Yes, yes. You have to fight they, back. They, oh, and sick. But yes. they're not going to die. You do not want. You can die. You you, you can. Do children die in uh, these stories? Not generally their children, okay. but the be- you do not want your child to be the best friend of someone more interesting than you. Oh because god! The best friend will die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, good what point. A- but yeah, yes. Timmy's dead. Yeah, I know Timmy's dead, but don't worry, mm. Johnny, you're gonna live on. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's the good, very good. Point. Oh God, you've been kidnapped again. So maybe then, what to maybe be the most in, to make sure you live in this universe, find the most interesting person. But you go like you go. In, let's say it was our universe under these laws. You go, Elon Musk. I am a poor orphan boy, and I just wanted love. You're forty. I know, but I still need. I need. My mm. parents are dead. I need to be loved, Elon Musk. You're interesting and exciting. Because now you're the son of a really interesting yeah. person, and the universe now, won't kill you. Yeah, but they might kill your dad at some point. That's okay. So you don't want your child to be more interesting than you. So, but that's but that's but that's what gives you. So Elon, let's say I become Elon Musk's son. He adopts me, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, I yeah. love you, Elon Musk." He's, like, "I love you, Greg." I'm living all my fantasies yeah. in this story I, right I, now. No, I can I tell. That's awesome. So we go, we have yeah, like you we have, a real ten out of ten for. Uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> and I, and I don't hide it at all. That's like uh, Elon, me, me and Elon. Oh, I just... And I can see that it readouts on the digital display. <laughs> so <laughs> thank God for those wires on my genitals. Uh, <laughs> so For more than two reasons. <laughs> so Elon and I have a great adventures, but one day yeah. he, he, yeah, he he will die. Someone Passes will... on the mantle. And then, and then it's like, I will become Hyperloop. I keep going to be a superhero. I don't have to be a superhero. Hyperloop the yeah, superhero. Super, and that's like a really fast, open only to LA and, and, um, and San Francisco. <laughs> that's my superpower. <laughs> but, so... <laughs> 
Flash, flash. but restricted. Linear flash. flash. Anyway, that's how I would do it. I would, I would be. That's that's my final answer. I would become the adopted child of a very important person in the universe, and thereby take on the mantle of that person, and thereby be protected by their power and my growing power. Because it's such a great story about the son becoming greater than the father, the daughter becoming greater than the mother, or the father, or the you know, the children becoming greater than the parent. Basically. Elon never managed to make the Hyperloop. I will make that loop hyper. Hey! All right. Well, what I'm going to do... Gregoire Musk. ...is I'm going to hang out mm. with the the guy who runs GM Motors. Yes. And I am going to hang out whenever there's an experiment, because <laughs> I don't actually have any skills, but I'm going to hang out whenever there's an experiment <laughs> yep. with lots of, like, hardy research, and then, kaboom... I get superpowers at the GM labs. Why GM labs? Because they're rivals to a Elon Oh, Musk I see. Tesla. Oh, oh, yeah, I so they're see. Trying to, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Traditional car yes. thing. Yes. No, we want to burn fossil fuels. <laughs> I'll be fossil fuel boy. <laughs> boom, bam, boom. And suddenly, ah, uh, so hyperloop. I say, well, we meet again. I am. Again. The, I am. Yes, I am son of Musk. <laughs> <laughs> son of Musk says no to fossil fuels. Well, I, it I, seems we're at some sort of. Stand off. Until next, next time we survive. I'm going to run in a very straight line over there now. <laughs> I'm going to burn. <laughs> How would you survive, ladies and gentlemen? How would you, in a world where narrative seem to be the way to survive, what would you do to survive? We've covered a few here, villains, heroes, nemesis. <laughs> Uh, all sorts of things. How would you do it? Just write in, email us, tell us on the forum, uh, on the webpage, tell us in Twitter or on Facebook. We want to know how you'd survive in a, in narrative, a narrative universe. Narrative driven universe. Interesting people survive. Cool. Walk, walk of shame. Walk of shame. Woo! We, we really f- need a proper song for that. Wait, rather wait. than just us hooting. Well, how about well, listeners? Do something for us. Someone yeah. write us the Walk of Shame song. Yeah, it's got to be quick. It's got to be very quick. Like, it's got to be like less than like seven seconds. The like, Crypto Zoo kind of get l- that length. Crypto Zoo, mm. anything longer than that, and I will measure them. And, anything um, longer than that, and that's too long. And I also I, I also don't want to hear Sasquatch and Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down on the Walk of Shame. Don't do that. That was probably my idea, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's all I'm going to do. So, <laughs> so, yes, write us a Walk of Shame song. Very quick intro. We'd love to hear it. Now, in the last big episode that we did. Yes. I said that in your eye, the mm-hmm. rods are for brightness and the cones are yes. RGB. And yes. you said, yeah. no, 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 the rods uh, are for colour, the cones are bright. And I'm like, I could have sworn. How could I be wrong for all these years? Michael Barn points out, yeah. well, it turns out, Dan, you have been right for all these years. You have been. Greg doesn't know what yeah. he's talking I had about. Someone write me. I also had someone write in and tell me the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they, you needed to tell me so I could get the jump on Greg. Don't tell Greg when he's wrong. Tell me when he's wrong. But rods are extremely sensitive sensitive and can be triggered by as few as six photons yeah. at very low light levels visual experience is based solely on the rod signal that explains why colors cannot be seen at low light levels mm. only one type of photoreceptor cell is active cones require significantly brighter light large number of photons in order to produce a signal in humans there are three different types of cone cells distinguished by their pattern of response to different wavelengths of light it makes perfect sense when you think about it like you go of course it would be a rod it just yeah anyway i'm an idiot phil koenig yes. mentions that one thing you didn't mention in the segment about seeing infrared light is that the doubling up mm. how how if you double up in infrared yes then they can come out green yes this is the same basic principle that makes green laser pointers mm. work mm. they are actually infrared laser diodes that use a frequency doubler to make it green the same thing works for blue laser pointers but they're much harder to make so mm. dan's thought was basically right mm. 
but uh, you could actually double up on some light to yes. make. There you go, make a blue one. That's very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. Now, in episode 85, Dan talked about minor planets, but seemed to be confused on what they are. So you were talking about minor planets, yeah, and dwarf yeah. planets, and yeah. asteroids. I so carried away with the rude names. <laughs> yes. so I was like, oh, I probably should have uh, done a little bit of reading about the science so, behind uh, that. Uh, a listener wrote in saying, in, as I just read out, in episode 85, Dan talked about minor planets, but seemed confused on what they are. A minor planet was anything in orbit around the sun that was not a planet nor a comet. This included dwarf planets oh. and asteroids. You may notice I'm using the past tense when talking about minor planets. Unfortunately, the IAU no longer uses the term minor planet at all. Since oh, mother... Always undercutting me. <laughs> Since... We're going to write another letter. Since 2006... I'm, getting, I'm coming for you, Madeline. <laughs> Since 2006, anything that used to be called a minor planet is now reclassified as either a dwarf planet or a small solar system body. The IAU says you could use the term minor planet if you want to, but you'll be a Nigel no friends and you'll never be loved by anyone and you'll die alone. Jeez, I better stop doing that then. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Our old pal Michael Barnes, listening attentively. I love that man. He's, he's, he's amazing. So good. He is amazing. He, yes. put, so much, he yes. put so much ammo in the chamber. <laughs> For, 43 minutes and 42 seconds. Yes. It's that sort of yeah, attention that, to detail. Right. Don't cross this man. Yeah. He's going to survive in a narrative universe just by being him. Gregoire is heard to decry when discussing head lice. The only thing people want to talk about with their kids, gross arachnids on their heads. Mm-hmm. The headlouse, Perdiculus humanus capitus, is an obligate ectoparasite of humans and are classified as a wingless insect. Really? Six legs. I had no idea. That's, there you go. That's, that's, so it's a little insect. It's not an arachnid. That's You're thinking real, of uh, ticks, possibly. Maybe. Because a tick does a very similar thing. Now, and it looks very similar. That's, I, I, but I, thought, I, I, I thought headlines were arachnids. There you go. But uh, they are known as the Aristotelian spider. <laughs> Six-legged spider. Just to give like him that? some ammunition. That's really like good. That? Now, we're back to Michael Barnes because he's a machine. He is. During episode 86, the interview with Robin Ince, at seven minutes and 52 <laughs> seconds, Dan Beeston accuses you oh, no. of claiming with regard to the discoveries of the Apollo program isn't Velcro great as a part of the Apollo program. Yep. He says to me, I realise I, Gregoire, would never have made the claim as Velcro being part of the program, as it was conceived by Swiss electrical engineer George de Mestrel, who got the idea when picking birds up his dog, walking through the Alps in 1941. He took over 10 years to develop the process, finding the right materials and mechanising the process to make the hooks and loops, culminating in a patent in 1951, way before the Apollo space program. Oh, no, I can see where he's made the mistake, because he was actually walking his space dog to the space Alps. In Spaceland? Spaceland. <laughs> so Damn it! The, the link to the Apollo program, maybe... This, he gives you an out. He gives yeah, you an out. Yeah. Much better than your space dog. Yeah. The, link, <laughs> the link to the Apollo program may be due to the first notable use of Velcro came in the aerospace industry, where it helped astronauts manoeuvre in and out of bulky spacesuits. Of course, that's where you got it from. And what I even love better is down the bottom of his article, he's written from Wikipedia, which we all love very much. <laughs> so thank you very much once in Michael. Wow, Michael's a machine. He really is. That guy is, he is like our serious fact-checking guy. I, I now worry about everything I say on this podcast. Not me. He will be on you. I He'll be on you. He'll be on you like some kind of insect head lice. Hey, you like that? I've learned. It's good, isn't it? Oh, like a little spider or something? 
Now, the final one. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> no, it's not about you. you, you it's not about you. It's not about oh, you. Oh, good, because not... I don't... It's been a long time since no. I've had more walks than you to do. <laughs> I've had quite a few today. Uh, now, this is actually not for you, and it's not for me. Yeah. It's for Dr. Jen Parsons. The bat scientist. The bat scientist, who we interviewed many, many, many moons ago. Now, Dr. Jen said very clearly, because I, I made a, uh, remembered a very clear memory, which I still have, of yep. living in Bowen, mangoes on the ground, rotting mangoes, mm-hmm. and, and in the dark, hearing lots of noises, and he's put the light on, and all these fruit bats are all over eating, yep. and they leap into the air, a very yep. strong memory. And when they said that, Dr. Jen Parsons said, no, 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 bats, yeah. bats cannot take off from the ground. And that, I called her out on it. And you said, well, actually, yeah, is that, yeah can bats fly? Because yeah, there's footage. Well, that's that was I mean, that, that came later. You didn't at the time. You didn't know at the interview. You didn't know, did you? No, not at the interview. Yes. No, no. they're talking about the interview. So now we. But Dan found some footage last last podcast yes, of of a bat that is lying it's sitting on the ground and it leaps, jumps into the ground, takes the f- off. It, it leaps into leaps into the air into the air. So like I a pterodactyl. <laughs> I got on to Doctor Pass. I went, look, here's a video. Can you please? Get back to me. Yeah, a bit egg on her face. <laughs> That's right. So I'm just going to read out exactly what she wrote back to me. Yeah, you, but right. I'll take out all the swears. Oh, sw- I'll, I'll, I'll take out all the swears. All it? right. So okay, thank. Hi, Greg. Just had a chance to look. It does look impressive. Yeah, uh, I have yeah. consulted my bat bibles, and this is the consensus: most bats are not able to produce enough lift to take off from the ground, particularly those with longer, narrower wings. Their legs are not able to run. Except with two exceptions to help with takeoff. Yeah. So that one, that one definitely didn't. That one just no, jumped just into, into the air. That's right. However, if required, vampire bats, Desmodus rotundus, and some horseshoe bats can. So there you go. I learned something new today. I wouldn't like to attempt an identification because I asked what bat uh-huh. that was. The face is too dark, and my specialty is with Australian species. Ah, right. So a mycochopterian of some description, but even that terminology is out the door now. So we can't even say it's a microchopterium. Bats are very confusing things. Oh, okay. So she's admitting that she has learned that some bats, two types of bats, yeah. vampire bats and some types of horseshoe bats, can actually take off from the ground. Woohoo! But what she said was Uh-oh. fruit bats. Ah, shit. My memory is still wrong. Fruit bats are not, flying foxes are not those bats. So therefore she did say, but she didn't say all bats, she said bats can't take off. She actually said fruit, sorry, fruit bats can't take off from the ground. All so there right. we go. So she was technically right. You were technically right. Everyone is okay. We're all doing well. Yeah, you're still wrong. Uh, I, uh, my memory is still very wrong. Yeah. Unless... <laughs> They're actually uh, those mangoes are actually filled with blood and vampire bats. <laughs> or I was actually hanging hanging upside down from a rope, yeah. and the mangoes were in the trees, and the bats just fell off and flew. Yes, are you sure? That it was a pile of mangoes yeah, in the darkness, like a dark pile of mangoes, mm. and not say a Mexican labourer. Who was being attacked by vampire bats? <laughs> Why a Mexican labourer? Aren't vampire was... bats from South America? <laughs> Dan went to a racial place. <laughs> Look, I was trying to, I was trying to put no, no, a geographic spin on it. I see. No, I was like, why a Mexican labourer? I understand what you're doing. Because he'd be out there. No, no, the, he'd be no, working no, no, no. hard. I'm with you now. No, I understand. But to be racist, I have to say, oh, Mexican is no, no. lying down, sitting under a no, sleepy. No, we don't. Yeah, you, I'm, not, I'm not going there. No, but you did, this the, guy but you did the joke to explain why you didn't do the joke. I didn't do a joke. That's not a joke. Isn't it? It's not a joke, okay. people. Oh, good. St- racial stereotyping is a plague on this planet. It absolutely is. Also okay. swearing in front of the neighbour's kids. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
Song time. Song time. It's time for the song. Now, one of our listeners sent this one in. James yep. Redekop sent it in. Yep. And James H.G. Redekop, actually, to use his entire title. And he points out that you are a curmudgeon. And, um, and what does he think he's talking about? <laughs> and so I he, want him ejected from this community hall. <laughs> so he has asked that we play a song called Stockiacity by the Higher Mammals. All right. Stochasticity. Randomness is all you see. It's fantastic. Stochastic, so here's to stochasticity. Stochasticity There's no pattern you can see Enigmatic and erratic That's called stochasticity We call it stochasticity Stochasticity is all a part of life, you see What's the point of living it without a tiny little bit of stochasticity? Non-deterministic It's improbabilistic It's unpredictability I bet you hated that. Stochasticity. Stochasticity. You even got the title I, wrong. I even got the title wrong. Don't I, bother. I, yeah. Not only did I not hate that. Yes. I loved that song. Really? I've heard that song before. Ah. I, that song's been in my collection for like five years. Uh-huh. From a podcast about weird coincidences. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Not, that's pretty crazy. So it looks like James Redekop is has to walk the shame. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the curmudgeon now, James? No, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that song. I, I really, it. really like it. It's a beautiful film clip. Yes, watch song. the film clip. It's really worth it. We'll put it in the show um, notes, of course. And it's all about stochasticity, which mm. is a, a f- kind of a fancy name for randomness. Yeah, yeah, but kind it, of. Ran- yeah, but you, not really. There's a little bit more to it. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm, I'm very fascinated with random numbers because mm. I do a lot of coding and security uh, stuff. Oh, yes. And so understanding a little bit more about types of randomness. Because you can say, oh, it's a random number. Yeah. Oh, so it's a random number between one and eight. Yeah. And how do you randomise that? It's really hard for a computer to randomise stuff. You go, well, you just based on the time code, mm. which is how many seconds since Linux or Unix time stamp started. Yeah. And 
then it you doesn't go, actually follow. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. So you just find out which time code you did it, and then yeah. that's the random? Oh, well, you need to add a salt number, which mm. is like a, a random number that you put in as a human. Yes. Cause you, cause but like that's not going to be random. suck at random. Yeah. And true random, yes. Great at true random. And yeah. so there's true random and computer random. We're not actually that then, we're not actually that good at random either. There's a lot of research that says yeah, that yeah. if you say to someone... Uh, as pick, a, well, yeah, pick a random number. Seven. Yeah. So you, you're seven? Yeah, everyone says seven. No, 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 not, not just no? seven. I mean, uh, but things like if you said, okay, write down a hundred... I'm going to walk out of... This, I've done this in classrooms. Mm. You tell kids, I'm going to walk out of the classroom now. I want you to write a hundred numbers on the board. One after... Yeah, one, comma, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Not stop one, but anything you like. Mm. Between one and a hundred, go. Uh, and then you come back and they will always... Not always. Most of the time, they will try and have numbers that haven't been up there before. So they'll go, one, 78, two, 45. Yeah. And, and they won't go 78, 78, 78, 78, 78. And so they, they... You write down the numbers and then write... Actually get a random number generator to generate random numbers. Yeah. And I will point out which one you did and which one is the random number generator because yeah. they can't get it right. Humans yeah. aren't very good at it. humans are trying to make it equal. Yes, yes. Or trying to balance it out. Yeah. A low number, high number, or yeah. different numbers far apart, or not the same number very yeah. often. You can't, so, if you, you can't possibly get six numbers in a row and a hundred strings of numbers, yeah. or heads and tails. So right. true random, there will be a predictable behaviour that you can get from true random. So how do you then yes. randomise that? You yes. have, oh, it's, yes, oh it's, but, it's magical. Like, I love that sort of stuff. So thank you, James. Appreciate that. If you get any other cool songs, please get in contact with us about them. We'd like to hear them. Well, I'd like to hear them. Send them to Greg at smartenough.org. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And also Greg at smartenough.org. You Ooh. can follow us on Twitter at SE2KB. And also Facebook, SE2KB. And go to iTunes and subscribe yes. and rate us. Definitely subscribe. There hasn't been a rating since October. Not oh. I checked October. You're letting us down, Lister. Have you checked the the global? No, reviews? no. I, I only checked the the one I yeah, could access to. Confusing. I'm very sorry, but you know, October. But please fix that up. That's, that's, <laughs> we're just we're, I, look. Yeah, I'm not begging. But whatever, whatever. If you want to do it, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. Yeah. If you want to see us in person, oh yes, we're going to be in Speed, the movie, the play oh, at the indeed. Brisbane Comedy Festival. We're, we're in the Comedy Festival. Yeah, it's like the it's big, the big times, ladies and gentlemen. So there'll be a big bus parked out the front, indeed, and that show will happen on that bus. On the bus, we'll be doing special effects around not just us people yeah. other people as well but we're there too yep. so march 3 until march 15th 15th maybe longer maybe, maybe secret maybe secret we secret might scrolls. be the uh the powerhouse is asking well we're in negotiations to extend the yeah. season it's selling, selling well. so well so getting quickly getting quickly you won't be able to sit in the bus with us <laughs> be a lot of fun. now the thing i wanted to ask uh, i the to ask dear listener i have it was pointed out to me a, a while ago now, over a year ago, that we had mainly male interviewees on the podcast. So I had to think about this because we did mainly male interviewees. Yeah, oh, there was, there was all, it was for the first two years, it was yeah. like all male, except Abs- for Renee, who talked to us about memories. Uh, yeah, and having, having her baby. And she was a personal friend of ours. And I had to think about this. So I went out of my way and I, I looked at why. And, and of course, it's because my Twitter feed and it seems to follow mainly men. And this is a self perpetuating culture of men following men. And yeah. it's a problem. So I went out of my way to try and find more female male scientists to talk to and i've done yep okay slash woeful well, uh <laughs> it's not been woeful we got uh we got michelle bannister oh yeah yes yeah, that's we what, got jen parsons yes uh, but that's that's can we talked to uh, a woman from the cult daniela martin daniela uh, martin yes the, the uh, cult lady 
No, no, no. D- Daniela Martin. No, 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 she's not the cult lady. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, the and, cult and lady as well. I've forgotten her name, and I apologise. I feel really bad about yeah, that. Yeah, no, uh, but, but that's that's we can rattle off four. That's not great when well, you think about it. Wait, wait. What's the ratio of female scientists to male scientists? Let's say fifty-fifty. Is it? <laughs> no, but it's going to be getting close. We're, we're, we're nowhere, nowhere close to this. Good. We would like to get more females on the podcast. Not because they're females, but actually stuff. Different it, voices. Different voices. We want to hear different look, people's I wanna, experiences. I, 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 look, if you hear any, like, Mexican scientists. <laughs> We've never heard a Mexican scientist. Mexican labourer scientist. Yeah. That'd be great. But no, in all seriousness, we'd like to hear. I am doing my best to find these people. In fact, I'm hoping that we've got one mm. lined up very soon. A, 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 a paleontologist would be very exciting. Cool. But we would like your help. You must know people. You yeah. must work with them. You must date them. You must be a child of them or have given birth to them yourself. Please get in contact with, uh, with these amazing female scientists. Yes, we like to change the type of science that we talk to people about. Out from from paleobotany to yeah. to air construction mm, yep. to, to to random numbers <laughs> to space Neanderthals uh, getting it on, which gives a different voice to every interview mm. and a different uh, and having people coming from different Carol Gold backgrounds. Tar- yep, sorry, uh, having people <laughs> f- from different groups of society yes. also brings a different voice. Absolutely, and we, and we love to encourage that in the podcast. So if you know someone who doesn't fit into the white male heterosexual scientist mode, please tell them get in contact with us. We'd love to talk about their research and their passions in life. And as we always say, stochasticity. Stochasticity. Finished. No more mowing. Or maybe he might just be emptying his grasshopper. Yep, grasshopper. We'll cut your face, old man. Because we're the science guys. Boom! Sometimes it feels like Avocado doesn't have a partner. Sometimes it feels like it's all alone. When the avocado you love is avocado of romance, the sloths are all gone. Avocado is alone. Bow. Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Good. Sure. Oh. Time bombs have got different coloured wires. Yeah. It's always like, oh, which wire do you cut? Yeah. And I had pointed out to me when I was much younger that there's nothing inherent in the nature of the colours of no. the wires. It's like, yeah. like you always use red wires for the the, the one that you could be cut to. Yeah. Like that's it's it's you Man. have to know about bombs and how the circuit is working. Yeah. And obviously the colour coded wires that people always do with their electronics is very useful for keeping track of that. Mm. But if you don't want anyone to with your bomb, you just make them all out of grey wire. Yeah, yeah. I always wondered about that myself. I always thought it was along the line, hey, it's just a narrative thing, but it's more that it's, it's you're making a bomb, you don't want to kill yourself while making the bomb. Yeah. So you're like, make, make the red wire this one and make the other, but why, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be a bomb maker's manual. Always make the red wire the one you should cut. Or yeah. It, you wouldn't, you just move it, but you'd always know that colour is, don't touch the other one, Greg, when you're making the bomb because you'll probably blow your hand off. So leave that one alone. Once that's once that's alive, yeah. whoa, leave it, leave it, leave it. That's the only connection I can make. But you're right, you wouldn't bother. And especially you wouldn't have wires nowadays. Nowadays you're just going to get a can, 
with some sort of digital timer on it, and that'll be the end of it. I watched enough Mythbusters to see explosives. Right. You know, <laughs> to really f*** with the cops or the bomb squad yep. is you get wires that start red on one end and fade <laughs> to blue. <laughs> I always love the Eddie Izzard one, the Eddie Izzard story, that he was on an underground train in London one day and was like, oh, bomb scare, bomb scare. This is after they had their London bombing, so, yeah, people were nervous. And bomb scare, bomb scare. And, and they're like, oh, my goodness. And they called for the, the conductor. They called the train station. Oh, quick, you, there's a guy there. And he's like, oh, don't worry. Okay, everyone just sit very still, please. Sit very still. Don't move. It might set up the bomb. And then this guy, the uh, conductor guy came down, or the, at least the railway guy came down, and he, uh, he creeps up towards the bag. And at the last minute, he jumps towards it and gives it a good shake. <laughs> As if that was no, 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 it's not a bomb. <laughs> and he's, I was like, what? How? <laughs> what? If it had been a bomb, that wouldn't have helped. No. It's like <laughs> he just, he just wanted to get it over with. He's yeah. like, oh, this, this pressure is killing me. <laughs> I'm gonna have a fucking heart attack. I'm just gonna shake the bag just to because I'm pretty sure it's not a bomb. Yeah. If it is a bomb, it's too smells, bad. This it, is killing me already. It smells like fries, so I'm pretty certain we're good here. <laughs> I think it's changed now, especially in Australia. But the whole concept of a lone bag is a terrifying thing. Like we had that moment for a couple of years. And it was kind of like, if you see a bag, bags by themselves don't make sense. That was yeah. the big ad campaign. And you're like, yeah, people leave bags behind. That's not, it's not, it's not instant. You're all going to die mode. Uh, but there was that moment of, holy shit, it's a bag on the ground. Like there was that moment of, yeah. oh, and then someone comes back and picks it up. You're like, oh, is it now? We're just like, oh, it's not a bag. It's all good. No. I, I have a friend who was in the 10 tenors. And so they were oh, yeah. traveling around a lot. And so they're carrying a lot of luggage because mm. there's a whole heap of them. So they're all at the airport gate. And then one of them's like, oh, crap, I've, I, my, my laptop's not here. I've, I've, it was definitely in the cab. Oh, no. Oh, I better go. I'm pretty sure it got left on the, on the sidewalk when yep. we got out of the cab. Yeah. Because I remember taking it out of the cab. And at the airport. Yeah. Oh. So, so three of them run down. They run down. They go, oh, I hope it's still there. I hope it's still there. I hope it's still there. Why are all those policemen in a circle around there? And they're, and they're about to detonate his laptop. Oh. And he runs up and goes, no, 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 that's my laptop. They're like, sorry, sir, we can't, we can't trust you. And he goes, no, seriously, look, I, it's dead. And they go, uh, all right, you go get it. <laughs> you give it a good shake. Give it a good shake. <laughs> so you die and you kill 100 people. Yeah. And that sucks. That's yeah. awful and terrible. No one should bloody do it. Uh, but, but it's... it's they, a, they think, oh, I was listening to this science and yeah. English podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's probably got a point there, actually. Just, I mean, not really much of a point, but he was very impassioned. <laughs> I think we're around there. You don't get vaccinated for smallpox anymore. I don't remember getting vaccinated for smallpox. Do you, do you have the, um, the scar on your arm? No. Ah, no, you've not been vaccinated. Well, then don't... So hopefully... It, all, I... All my friends who came from overseas to yes. Australia, they've got the dot. And yes. I thought it was a mark of like something that they gave you when you come to the country. No, it's not a brand. They ch- like, I, I knew like that a it was tattoo a tattoo on the arm. So these big amounts of smallpox, and and of course, if someone else uses, it, I'm, I'm assuming they're being destroyed now. Smallpox has been eradicated around the world, but there are small amounts. But you could turn that into a very dangerous weapon, and that would be strategic, strategic attacks on people. But wouldn't that be wouldn't that be weird? That's the opposite version. All these young adult novels. There's a young adult novel that came out. I can't remember what it's called anymore. But the idea is all the old people go crazy basically and start eating each other and basically become zombies. And if you're under the age of seventeen, you uh, you live. 
So it, and so it's this world where the kids take over and have to stab adults in the eye because mm. they're like ravaging shit monsters. That's like the big young adult. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. That of, Aren't like, we yeah. cool with the old people are mad monsters? Oh, political. Anyway, uh, we're the ones who're gonna save the planet, yeah, man. But the old fogies they they've got the wrong idea. They just want to eat brains and shit. <laughs> it's like usual. But wouldn't it write be- letters to newspapers? <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird, though, if you had a story where you go, oh, well, smallpox got introduced to the planet, so now we have to keep all the young people safe, safely away. Like, you have to lock the doors and windows. So that and geriatrics old, are like the, Yeah, the people heroes. like me and older have to go outside and do all the work because well, no one can go outside anymore. Extend it further and make it like like anyone over the age of 80. Yes. Like 40 years' time, uh, yeah, yeah. suddenly <laughs> smallpox. Everyone has to lock themselves inside. Yeah. And all these 80-year-olds going... We gotta get shit done. <laughs> I'm coming out of retirement. The, the greatest generation walks again. Just get bump, but be very yep. slow walks to camera, yeah. but not, when you slow down, it just be on Zimmer frames. I love that. I love that. It's Smart a- enough productions yeah. present <laughs> the story when no, the, when the only people to save you are the people who you've put in a home. <laughs> White noise. <laughs> it's the slow walk to recovery. And it'd be like people, like bad old people, like going in and smashing windows of young people's houses so the smallpox gets in. Oh, no. Ah, death. Like, no, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the silver terrorist. Ah. Yeah. And just, just a guy with a shotgun burst, you going, get off my lawn. <laughs> this writes it's, itself. It's what? How do... What? Tell me. How do... I'm asking you a question. It's not telling you. I'm asking okay, you a question. Okay, when you get, I don't know yet. <laughs> finish the question. <laughs> was, I rush, was I rushing you, Dan? I'm sorry. I feel... I feel is, this, is this a response to me rushing you before? I felt I was a bit rushy. I apologise. Is that what it was? Is that no. what you did? No, okay. Oh, good. No, no, I wasn't rushing you. Everything was great. <sighs> you cock! You're rushing me! <laughs> oh, f- this podcast. I'm out. <laughs> We're down. We're out of here. Uh, <laughs> all right. Looks like a seed. Yeah, I'm wrong. Quacks like a seed. I think it's a duck. (laughs) Sometimes you meet someone. You you are very much in love with your wife, and you have a great relationship. But you might meet someone in a setting and go, "I'm really into that person," because it's a biological thing. You get, you go, "I'm really into them." Can you hear? Sounds like a glass pressed up against like a wooden door. (laughs) (laughs) Muttering in French. (laughs) 